You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. You guys know I've been in my business for a little over a decade. In that period of time, we have a phenomenal success rate, which when I put it out there, tends to work against us. If you're not familiar in this industry, there's an 8% short-term success rate, 0.02 if you add three years and expect people to keep weight off. We have an 86% success rate across five years. When I put that out there, nobody believes it. Now, nobody believes you either because you have a room full of people who are doing awesome here and phenomenal job. How do you step into that? How do you own that? And how do you make it work for you instead of against you when you're going out in the marketplace? <laughs> um, I mean, 1% of your market is going to be ready to buy right away. 1%. Then like 80%, they're never going to buy from you ever. So you're wasting your time. And then the 20% in the middle, that's who you need to convert. So if somebody doesn't believe your success rate and they're immobilized from learning and they can only believe what they've experienced and been taught to us that disqualifies them. Now we're not going to, we're not going to like publicly roast them. We'll let them take their time, but I've developed a capitalistic view. Some people deserve to be at the top. Some people deserve to be at the bottom. It's not mean. It's just the way that the life is. Everybody's at the top. Who's going to make this drink? Not me. And it's not going to make itself. Who's going to drive us from the airport when we get into conferences? The world doesn't work if everyone believes you. It doesn't. This can be in business. This can be in health. It just doesn't work. That doesn't mean you don't do your best to make your marketing work. But I get the sense from your question. You're like, well, what do you do to convert the people who are unconvertible? They just don't believe you. People who don't believe you are not your responsibility. You can show someone proof all day long, but the cynic will drown right in front of you when you have a life vest thrown at them. That's not your fault. They're just going to drown because they're a, they're, they're a cynic. So you got 80% of the market that's just a cynic. And that's why people struggle, and that's why people don't get results, and that's why people are mad, and that's why they're bitter. And if, if you ever find yourself wanting something for someone else more than they want it for themselves then you don't have proper footing to be able to lead. So I'm not actually answering your question because I think that... Oh, yeah, you are. The root question is way deeper. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So you help people with health and stuff, right? Yes. That's what you do. Well, if someone dies when they turn 45. The world has a code. It has a code. There are laws and rules, and you can't help everybody, man. If someone sees a case study, they don't believe you, and things don't work out for them. This sounds like I'm being so mean, so harsh, but there's nothing that I can do to go convince someone who is already convinced that nothing works. So I shouldn't even, you shouldn't even spend your time there. So just own what you do in your space and where you are, and the right people will come to it. 100%. Mm-hmm. And you do the best you can do without being a savior because you're not a savior never be a savior your name isn't jesus or buddha or whatever 
you got to be a leader. Leader is not a savior. So as a, as a follow-up to that, though, how do you tell the difference between somebody who's in the 80% that will never convert and just isn't worth it versus somebody who needs to be pushed outside their comfort zone? Right? Like, how do you tell the difference between, like, where does that line get drawn? You don't tell the difference. They, all, they tell the difference. So you, so you try to push the 80% outside the comfort zone anyway, just yeah. knowing that 80% of them won't. Yeah, but I don't get mad about do it, it anymore or bothered by it or lose yeah, sleep over it anymore. Don't do it. I don't ask questions like, well, how can, I, how can I get this person who's dumber than a box of rocks to get smart all of a sudden? <laughs> I you can't. Yeah. You know, so you just focus on the 20%, the people who actually trust you and see that there's a world outside of their own limited experience. My takeaway from that, though, is that you try every time. Just knowing 80% yeah. won't. I'm not a psychopath. Go, right. Yeah. I, I'm not like, oh, something tells me that you deserve to die when you're 45. That's not, you can't do that. You should try your best on everything. But there's no solution to a cynic. There is none. And I think we, we probably need to make a distinction, too, of the people who, like, right out of the gate, they're just like, no, this is, you're a liar, this is a scam. Versus the people who they really want to change, but they've been through so many other things and they failed so many other times. And how do I know that this is the right thing? Like, right, like, dude says that 85% of the people get results, but I've been through 10 other things that haven't worked, right? So, but they actually, like, they're willing to have a conversation, engage. Maybe you haven't done the job of explaining the process and giving them clarity on how to get from where they are on Hell Island in the process to get to Heaven Island. Losing weight, being healthy, whatever it might be, right? So it's not just like stiff arm to everybody. But if you read our ads, there's some people just like, oh my God, this is such BS. Somebody emailed us just a minute ago, said we must be a scam because they got off a phone call with one of our guys and he didn't make an offer, right? Because <laughs> this guy has so much ego and pride. It's like, oh, you guys are a scam. This must be fraud. Yeah, you guys are a scam because you didn't try to sell me. <laughs> you know, so, but again, going back to like appreciating their journey and understanding and you having that authority to walk the right people through that process and you doing everything in your marketing that communicates that, right? And you all, like you'll skim people off the top but be ready to go. And there's been a lot of times where we've, we've gotten on the phone with people who are just terrified out of their minds because they failed so many times and either they don't believe that you can help them or what's actually probably most of the case. They don't believe that they can do it, right? Can I have empathy for that and have the distinction of what's what. Are they just a person who's like, oh, my God, yeah, this is not real, or I failed 10, 15, 20 times. How do I know I can even do this? Let me add something to the question then because you're hitting on the, the thing I worry about. I know there's people you're never going to touch, but when I do market research on old clients, and I've told you guys most of my clients for a decade came from word of mouth and referral, when I do market research as people are exiting the company and I'm like, hey, had you not had, you know, Joe or Sarah or Jimmy Ann who did this program, if you'd been cold, what would have made you buy it? What would have kept you from buying it? Almost the universal answer from people who have been here, done this has been, I didn't believe it the first two or three times I saw it. I didn't believe it until I saw it enough times that it became just inescapable. I couldn't argue with it anymore. So that's the people we're dealing with is the ones that you're describing or the ones I'm interested in are the people who have been down that road so many times and everybody has, and it leads to a dead end every single time. And the, the skepticism, 
that comes along with that. That's, yeah, so, that's so the main it's thing. The person who gets in a car wreck and decides to walk everywhere for the rest of his life. Have you told that story in a marketing video? Mm. You got to provide analogies. One time I got food poisoning, so I decided to never eat again. <laughs> and then I died. So the analogies need to come in hot and heavy right now. Because you need to actually show someone how your framework and model for making decisions is fundamentally flawed. It is. Mm-hmm. Playing God delayed, so you're never going to fight it. It's every... What, what convinces a person that if they try three times it doesn't work, then it, the whole industry must be a scam? So you got to overturn some of those beliefs and attack that in your marketing so that people are like... Like, people see videos from us, and then they talk about it on the sales calls, and they're just like, I just didn't know that I was thinking this way. So you can turn those people around. But you have to give them the framework to self-diagnose and be like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking this way, and this is not serving me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then to add on top of that, a person has a list of objections, mile high, 100 of them, 20 of them, whatever. When you knock out every single objection, the right ones buy and the wrong ones don't. So you're protected. If 100% of the market worked with you, your reputation would be ruined. Mm -hmm. Because 80% of them want to do their work anyways. So your only goal is to systematically and ruthlessly reduce the objections that your market has. Once you get to the bottom of the list, the right ones jump in, the wrong ones do not. So the question is not, how do I convert more people? Wrong question. The right question is, how do I make sure that the objections that they have, I can overturn this in the way I communicate and help them self-diagnose? And the right ones are going to hop in, the wrong ones are not. Takes all the pressure off of you. Love it. Thank you. I have a two-part question that I hope will be very succinct. What do you think is an acceptable percentage of clients that aren't getting it? And for the clients that aren't, how much should we chase them? The first one, zero. Well, let's qualify you for a second. Do you want to be, do you want to be Bezos or do you want to be the knockoff competitor? I'm the best. Okay. So you want to be Bezos. So the percentage of people who get results should be a hundred. And if it dips to 99, you should flip the hell out. So then into the second question, how much, and maybe chasing them is the wrong question. Maybe the question isn't how much do we chase them, but what are the levers that you see that we can use to take the client that's gone off the reservation and bring them back? Yeah, well, I mean, you have to have processes and systems in place. I think the thing that like, you have to be careful and understand where you are in your business, your mentality should be 100% of my clients get results based on the processes the system and the offer that I've set up. Then also understanding you can lead a horse of water, mm-hmm. right? So you have to be careful and you have to have a balance of chasing people versus you having the right things in place that has provided everything that they need. Mm-hmm. And then you continue to ask yourself the question, why are people not, why are, why are not 100% of these people getting results if they aren't? And that's going to help you to refine the process and help you to keep digging and asking yourself, making sure, is it me? Is it my process? Is it my system? Or are they just apathetic? And that's the point where you call them out and say, hey, Bob, this is what you said you wanted, but you're not doing A, B, C, D. 
right, put that in, the ball in their court. You know, the philosophy is 100%. Yeah. Like, philosophy is different because philosophy is what you believe. Mm-hmm. And the philosophy determines your behavior. If you ever get comfortable with one out of 10 not getting results, then you are going backwards. But you, so there are two types of people that won't get results. The first are the types, they're the people who don't do the work and they didn't show up. The second are the type, the type of person that they did the work, but there was a gap in what you did for them. And so the name of the game is qualifying better so that people don't come in and not do the work. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example of that in just a second. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is fixing the systems and learning from the mistakes and the people who it's on you, you either refund them or you extend their time until you get them results. So uh, we have a client who, who their business kind of imploded a little bit, partially related to the things that we were doing them in a good way. The systems that we were helping them put in place forced some really tough communication amongst the partners and two of the minor partners just like got up and left. Um, not, um, they left the business? Um, they left the business, yeah. And so the one person that was left is struggling, and we provided a good amount of extra support for her as she was going through that. And she reached out a, a, a week ago, a week and a half ago, and said that she wanted to kind of pause her journey with the program. Um, she kept asking for more help outside of the scope of the process, and to be honest, outside of sequence of you know what she really needed to do. And I kind of penned her back in to the process so that she wasn't trying to fill the gaps of the people that had left in areas that really didn't need to be done. Um, And that's when she wanted to kind of press the pause button. Uh, So we said, that's fine. Like, we'll give you more time once you come back. Specifically to that case, in the back of my mind, I still have this question of, should I be reaching out more, bringing her back in? No, because it sounds like she doesn't want to do what she needs to do. Okay. It sounds like she's trying to order a bag of dog food on Amazon, but not pay for it. And that doesn't make any sense. But if it's on you, then you have to make it better. If it's on them, then you fire them. So we enrolled two clients yesterday. I enrolled two clients yesterday. Both of them. I said, I'm going to follow you for 30 days. One of them is a lawyer. She's really, really busy. Works 70 hours a week. You guys will see her in the group. Her name is Nicole. I just introduced her yesterday. Mm-hmm. So feel free to message her and encourage her. I said, in 30 days, if you haven't done the work, I'm firing you. Because you work 70 hours a week. I want to see if you have the time to put it in. So I'm like qualifying hard on front because I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let her schedule cost me 100% success rate because of her. So there's part improving your restrictions on the front end and then part is fixing the gap on the back end. If you do both of those correctly at the same time, then philosophically you can hit 100% mm-hmm. and write off one client a year, two clients a year as they didn't follow the process. That's my take on it. And so in that instance, you fire them after 30 days, give them a refund, say goodbye. What's your thought on that? So I think about myself huh? um, in that instance when I came in. Like if I thought that like there was like, uh, you know, that there was a, a, a pocket veto, I don't think that I would have actually kept going when it was hard. Well, I didn't tell the other client that we would refund them. I just would fire them. <laughs> yeah. So I think you have to judge the person too. Or, sure. Or diagnose the person properly, you know, mm-hmm. in a specific case. She has plenty of money. She's not motivated by money. Yeah. And we don't need her money either. Right. So I felt like I gave her the frame. She's more afraid of being fired than she is of losing 10 grand. Gotcha. I put it that way. Okay. Yeah. 
Like, it would be more uncomfortable for her for me to be see ya than to lose out the money. Yeah. But you may have been in a different position. And so sure. you diagnose the person properly, and that's, that's, on, that's on your front-end systems. Mm-hmm. You know? Sounds good. Thanks. Does that help you? Yeah. This blew your brain up. It looks like I blew you up. No, no, I'm uh, digesting. Yeah. Philosophically, we're 100% should be the goal. If it's not the goal, then you're not going to get anywhere close to 100%. Mm-hmm. If it is the goal, then you may hit 90. But dude, for the first year, maybe 15 months, we carried 100% success rate. And we fired people who didn't do their job. So we kept the numbers up. Yeah. If it's a commitment, it's a commitment. You hit it. Yeah. You know? And it will cost you to be the best. It will cost you money to be the best. It will cost you time to be the best. It's not like, oh, we say 100% because it's marketing. No, it costs us money to be at 100%. It's, but it's a worthy cost. It's like, it's a worthy goal. It's worth spending money on. Well, and that money comes back around in the end. Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's not a, like, that's only the short term. Correct. Yeah. yeah, the thing about that and playing at that level of 100% is what's required of you and how you operate. If you play at the level of 100%, you're going to put in all the effort to be the best. If you're like, oh, 50% is okay. Yeah. You know, you're going to fall short. You're not going to do the best things for the client. Yeah. You're not going to stay up or get up that extra two hours. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I'm completely aligned with that. We've had it through our previous offer. We had a, a 100%. Um, we had one client uh, uh, that we fired. And he was the only one that didn't get a significant return on investment. It's yeah. because he wasn't doing the work. Right. And that's because he just stopped showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing about the 100% is making sure your expectations are aligned with the clients. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we made the mistake at the beginning. This is a, actually a great story for right now because like, some of you are here and you're really happy and, you're, and your income is good. But it's not what we would want it to be. And that doesn't mean that we should fire you. I mean, that's imagine if we fired Blake because she's not doing a million dollars a month, and that would be our goal. Well, that would be rude to her, and it would cost us the opportunity to change someone. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, we like wanted everyone to make 100k a month. We like pushed that on people, and then people were like really happy, and we like, why aren't you doing your work? <laughs> and it created like un- unnecessary friction. So like for Kara. You know, your goal may be to, like, I want to make this person look like like a, a Greek goddess. But they may just want to have energy. And if you're like, oh, I'm not worth 4000 mm. look at her. But if they're, like, ecstatic that they wake up in the morning with energy, that just means your expectations are not aligned to the clients. And you are at 100%, but you're, like, projecting your stuff on them. So you got to make sure that expectations are qualified up front. There are different... Now you see us introing clients at different revenue levels. Mm-hmm. Some people want 50, some people want 10, some people mm-hmm. want 100. And we're making sure that that's recorded so we know whether we're winning or not. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah.